Praise God. Praise God. So Heavenly Father, I pray I would just fade out. God, in your word would go forth. Holy Spirit, speak as only you can. I just vessel. I let myself be a willing vessel this morning, but you have this message and tailor make it for those present here that it would impact them personally and speak straight to their heart, God, because you're in the business of transforming lives. And I know you want to do that. Every day you can do something radical. That's the benefit we have in Christ Jesus to be transformed into your image. So we pray this message would help us today in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So we're in a series called Covenant Benefits, and this message this morning is called Covenant Crown. Covenant Crown. Out of Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5 is where you'll find that. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, is all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, or who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies is another translation. If you went to get a new job, I've said this last week, and you were getting ready to hear your benefits package, you wouldn't just say, no, just give me my salary. I'm not really interested in knowing the benefits. Would anyone in their right mind take a new job and not be interested in knowing the benefits that come with that job? No, that would be absurd. The same thing in the kingdom of God. We have these benefits available to us because we're in covenant with a holy God. And I want to know everything that belongs to me. And I want to stand on it and contend for it if it's mine because I'm in covenant. It says in verse 4, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. This benefit, being crowned with steadfast love, loving kindness, is not talked about often enough. And I think it could very well be the best of all. It could very well be the best of all benefits. Loving kindness is a word that Jewish people use to describe all that is included in the term loving kindness. The word is hesed. It's a Jewish word that encompasses everything that could be found in the word loving kindness. Hesed means kindness, love, grace, favor, mixed in with another word. There's no word in the English language that could describe all of this in one word. But the, word, the Jewish word is hesed, and the key factor in hesed is loyalty, that God's loyalty to you and I that he is so loyal to get this love to you, to show his loving kindness to you. You've heard the term random acts of kindness. Have we not all heard the term random act of kindness? This is no random act of kindness. This is not random at all when you're talking about God and his said towards you, his loving kindness towards you. said is committed. It's covenanted. It's support. It's loyalty. It's Jesus. It's God saying, I have to get this to you. I cannot stop. I felt like when I was single and doing my own thing and being dumb and God in his loving kindness, you'll say, in his has said, brought me Joel 
while I was being foolish in the world. It's like God was like, yeah, yeah, I know, Anna, and I got to get this thing to you because I love you and I'm committed to you and I'm loyal to you and I know you're far away, but I'm coming for you. And he found me. I was in Los Angeles at a club the night before with my friends. I didn't drink. I was not extreme. I just, all my friends didn't love Jesus and I would join them in their world. And then they would join me in mine. So then we went to the club the night before and then the next morning we were in church in Huntington Beach and that's where I met Joel. I walked into that church and God has said, met me through this man. It was like I was in no shape or place to be the recipient of God's love, but his loyalty, his loving kindness towards me because I was in covenant with him, it found me out. And I met this man and he is the best thing besides Jesus that has ever happened to my life. And that's because the loyalty of my loving father to find me he had to get this to me. That's has said. He's got to get this thing to you to show you he loves you. I want to share with you. Yes. I know you've been the recipient of his has said love. Amen. I know there's not a person in the room that's in covenant with God that has not been the recipient of that kind of loyalty, that he will find you and get that thing to you, that love, that promise, that provision, that hope in your hour of need. That's the nature of Hesed. That's what we talk about when we talk about the benefits of God, that there's this thing about him in his commitment to you and his loyalty to you to get this to you. No matter how long it takes or how it looks, he will get it to you. I want to share with you a story of Mephibosheth. I have been butchering this thing. Have can you say it? Mephibosheth. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to say M. M was the son of Jonathan. And you know who Jonathan is. Jonathan was the son of King Saul. And David, King David eventually, and Jonathan were covenant. They were in covenant. They had come and had a, an amazing friendship, and they had a remarkable, remarkable relationship. It says in 1 Samuel 18, verses 1 through 5, we'll read about it. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David. They went into covenant. We talked about it last week, the exchange, and they did the robe and all that. Because he loved him as his own soul, and Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul set him over the men of war, and this was good in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. They were in covenant. David and Jonathan. Saul eventually became envious of David. You know, it talks about Saul killed thousands and David slayed 10,000s. And David, he took out Goliath. So he was super popular and growing in favor and esteem. So Jonathan's dad did not like David. And, and Saul went on the rampage to have David killed. He never got him killed, but he was after him. Then one day, King Saul and Jonathan and some other brothers were out in a battle, and all of them were killed that same day in that same battle. 
all, Saul, Jonathan, and two other sons were all killed in the same battle on the same day. And the news hits the palace. So they, word gets back to King Saul's palace. Everyone, the king, his heirs, everyone has been killed. And the palace starts to panic. Because if you know, oftentimes when a successor was trying to be come into a position of power, they would have the king and all his heirs wiped out, ensuring that they would become the next in line to take the, the kingdom. So the, the palace is panicking. They're thinking, someone has done this, everything's in an upheaval, and they begin to panic and flee. And Jonathan had a son, Mephibosheth. And in this panic and in this upheaval after this battle and everyone is dead, there's a nurse that picks up Mephibosheth um, and she's running with him and fleeing. And somehow in this pursuit of them, them leaving, he gets dropped. She drops him and he damages both of his legs, becoming fully lame in both of his feet. So now they're, they've run, they're out in an area called Lodibar. Um, Mephibosheth is, is five years old when this happens to him. So imagine he lost his grandfather and his father in the same day. The palace is in upheaval. He's not in his home, his opulent home. He's now out in a place called Lodibar. He's living in the dust and the dirt, no medical care, a total departure from the life he knew. Somebody is going to come is the sense for um, Mephibosheth and them, that they're going to come after this young man, that whoever killed his father and his grandfather is going to come to seek his life eventually. And his maids and his nurses are feeding him the story that it's David, that it's David who did this. Now, we know David in the Bible, and we think of him fondly. We know he's the man after God's heart because we have the Bible, but they didn't have that. They just knew that Saul hated him and was after his life. That Even Saul knew that David would be king. Jonathan told David, you're going to be the king someday. So when this all transpires, all the house, all the palace are feeling like, this is David's fault. The reason this happened is, is David wants power, and he's going to come after Mephibosheth because he's also in the lineage, and he's going to get him too. Many years before David was anointed privately as king, he kills Goliath. He's popular. That's why Saul was envious. Jonathan told David, I know one day you will be king. Bible says even Saul knew he was going to be the king. Remember when Saul was in the cave with David? And he gets so close to David, and David cuts the corner of his robe. But David could have easily killed Saul. Wouldn't you think he would want to? I mean, the guy has been relentless in pursuing him, and he doesn't kill David. And he, they come face to face later, and David says to him, See, king, I could have killed you. I have no ill will in my heart towards you. And Saul was so moved at that moment and said, You're more righteous than I, David. And no, you shall be king after me. The word was out that normally a son would, would succeed, but everyone knew David would be king after this. So Saul is killed. Now the palace knows who's coming after Saul. And then Mephibosheth and his nurse running, he gets dropped. He's lame. He's out in the desert. They're feeding him these lies every time he's saying, asking someone, what happened to me? 
What happened to my legs? And they're saying, it was David. He was coming, and it was David's fault that you're in this predicament. It's his fault that you're like this, and he's fed this all these years, all these years, all these exiled people in this group. You know how people are. You know how people can be. They're out there, and they need to find someone to blame. You know what I tell myself? If I'm blaming people, I'm in idolatry. Because somehow I'm not looking to God. If it's someone else's fault, this is just a side note. But if you're blaming someone else for your circumstances, you got to get your eyes back on God. Because idolatry is when you're thinking that person has the power to determine your whole life. Well, then that's your God. But these people were doing that. They were, it was David. It was David. It's his fault. But that wasn't true. This young boy was being fed a lie. Here David is now after some time. He's the king. He's been anointed king. There's some division in the land, so he only was given the northern part of the land. And so he's ruling the northern part, but there's division and there's conflict and someone else is leading the southern part. But then David's men go and take matters into their own hands and they kill the king of the southern part. So they, everyone knew that David was to be ruler all along of both, of everything, of all of the territory. So the, these men go and kill the king of the southern area. David, the men come, men come to him and say, look what we did. And he was furious. He said, you know, I know that what you were trying to do is make things right, but you've done a wrong thing to make things right. And he, he killed those men for doing that. David was a man of righteousness, a man after God's own heart. Here now, David is now the king, and this is the truth, that David, now that he has this this lavish lifestyle, everything's been restored to him, and he is in a position of royalty and supply. He's longing in his own life to show hesed, to show loyalty and loving kindness to someone in Jonathan's family. He, you know, he's been in a battle. He's been fighting. He didn't have rulership of both these territories. It's now been given to him. The people came and said, we know that southern king is dead, and you should have been king all along. All the land is his, and now peace begins to descend on the land. You know, when you're in a battle, as David had been in a battle, he didn't really have time to think about showing loving kindness at the time. He was in a battle. You ever been there? You're going through some things. You're like, let me just get through this thing. And then you come to your senses and you can see clear again. So David was in that situation. It's seven and a half years. He's battling for this land and to do all this. Seven and a half years, he's in this place of frustration. And then after the land is given to him, he's ruling northern and southern. Peace begins to descend in the land. And then it hits David. Is there anyone in my covenant friend Jonathan's family that I can show loving kindness to. All these years, Mephibosheth is out there in Lodibar thinking it's David all along that did this to me. I'm lame because of him. And here David is in the palace thinking he wants to show said loving kindness to someone in Jonathan's family. Praise God. David's thinking about Jonathan now. He's thinking about how he missed him. He had made a covenant on the run, 
How could he honor this covenant that he and Jonathan entered into? Now, is there any descendants in Jonathan's family that he could show covenant to and has said and loved to? It says in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, And David said, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul, Saul being Jonathan's father, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba, and they called him to David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. The king said to him, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, He is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel at Lodibar. Then King David, can you imagine this? This kid, lame in his feet, living out in the dust with this perception that King David hates him and is one day coming to kill him too. He will find him. And imagine Mephibosheth out in the dust hearing the king's chariots headed towards him. This little boy, maybe he's 12 or something now, hearing the chariots come. And knowing King David, he couldn't just let it go. He couldn't just let it go. Here he is coming after me, finding me in my lowly state, and he couldn't just let it go. And the hatred and the bitterness that could arise in Mephibosheth's heart towards King David. And all along, King David had no ill intent in his heart. He's coming for him to show him his has said. His loving kindness, isn't that the nature of our heavenly father too? This is a a parallel picture for us. So the king's chariots are going for Mephibosheth out in the desert, out in Lodibar, one of those faraway places, coming to find him. Where is he? Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Machir, the son of Amiel at Lodibar. This is to me, this hit me hard. I cried like a baby. I'm thinking of this this crippled little boy and his thoughts as he hears the chariots coming towards him. And they load him into the chariot, and they're tearing towards King David's palace. And he's probably thinking, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen to me? What is going to happen to me? He's after me. He did it to my father, my grandfather. He's surely coming after me to just to annihilate me. The first thing he says when he's brought into King David's presence, he says, and he answered, behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, do not fear, for I will show kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. Every perception that Mephibosheth had right there annihilated All these years, can you imagine him on the schoolyard telling King David jokes and just battering this guy for all he'd done to him and all that he thought he was going to do to him? And all of it, his perception was so wrong about what the king wanted to do and who the king really was. And have we not been there? 
Have we not been there with our own heavenly father at times, viewing him as a hard taskmaster, viewing him in his nature coming to punish us or condemn us for things of our past? I talked last week. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your heavenly father is not sending for you to annihilate you. He's wanting to get his said the benefit, his loving kindness, his loyalty to you and I. It defies our ideas, our perceptions, right? Mephibosheth had to just totally deal with his perception of what he thought King David was going to do. He said, is there anyone, King David, that I can show this has said to? I made a covenant because I have something in my heart that I want to lavish. Whew. David goes on to tell Mephibosheth, this is a good deal. He goes on to tell him, I'm giving you Saul's land. And I'm giving all of your your servants and everyone, they're going to work the land. And you get all the harvest. But not only that, you're not even going to live with them. I want you seated in my house. I want you around my table. I want you to dine with me daily. So you're not even getting to be out there with them. You're brought close. And I thought of that. I was like, when the Lord called me by name, he brought me to his table. He brought me close and he wants to do that for you. And I continually draw near to the father. So Mephibosheth, imagine this guy the night before sleeping in the dust. The next day, because of the loving kindness, because of covenant, he's in the king's palace, clean sheets, beautiful bed. They're probably drawing, I'm embellishing. They're probably drawing him a bath. He's brought an embroidered towel with an M on it. (laughs) I mean, just go with me for a minute. This is our God. This is his nature and his ways. From day to night, I know it happened for me like that. When you're in covenant, When there is a covenant that has been made, God is not going to forget that. He never breaks his promises. He will get this loving kindness to you. And this is a story. We don't hear this story that much, do we? We talk about King David and Goliath. But here's Mephibosheth, 12 and a half years old, being brought out of the dust of Lodibar into the king's palace one day, being seated at his table. And imagine they're at breakfast. And they're having breakfast together. And David reaches over and says, pass me the jam. And Mephibosheth sees the scar on David's arm, knowing that he's in covenant with someone. And it hits him as a young boy. Oh, my gosh. He's walking the halls of the palace, and he sees my covenant friend Jonathan. Here is his armor. And Mephibosheth starts to go, oh, my gosh, I'm the recipient of this love because David was in covenant with my father. I did nothing to deserve this. I did nothing. It is given to me, has said loving kindness because of the promise of God to keep his covenant with you and I. Royalty, provision, promise, help, tender mercies. And it doesn't say in this text of Psalm 103, that he gives you loving kindness and tender mercies. It says he crowns you. Do you know why he crowns you? So that everyone else can see. When you crown a king, you go, he's the king. 
So you, he knows and they know. When God crowns you with his loving kindness, it's so he can display, she is loved. He is loved. You know, when, I, when Ella was little, people gave her this beautiful jewelry. I mean, she had better stuff than me. She had these gold bracelets. And when she would wear it out, you know what it felt like? It felt like saying, somebody loves her. That's what it looks like. When he adorns you, it's his way of saying, somebody loves her. I love her. That's why I'm showing my chesed to display to the world. I love them. That's why I do this, so you can be a display, so that the world can see. We just sang that song, that he would crown you. The crown shows he, you're surrounded with said. You are surrounded with his loving kindness at all times. And some of us make it hard for God to adorn us. Don't you tell me you're not one of them sometimes. God is trying to get his loving kindness to you. And you think you have to earn it. And you think you have to measure up and check the boxes. You just have to receive Look at Mephibosheth. He was brought. It's like David. When God wanted to raise up David, David didn't go, hey, guys, remember me. It said they called David from the field. He was sent for. Get over here. I want to do something for you. This is our God. I'm sorry I'm emotional. But he wants to crown some of you afresh today with his loving kindness. Stop feeling like you have to perform. You ever try and put one of those necklaces on someone with those little clasps? That is evil, those clasps. It's like that shows how troublesome it is to adorn some people. So I, my niece, she, she likes to wear necklaces. And I'm the, one, I'm the designated clasp person. So she'll come before work and say, can you put this necklace? And I want to wear this one. And I want to wear that. She likes a lot of necklaces. And I have to do those little clasps. And as soon as you kind of get it ready, she'll flick her hair and knock my hand. And that's how we are sometimes. You know how you are, that God's trying to show his, has said his loving kindness to you and you're weaseling out of it or trying to perform to receive it. He just wants to lavish on you. He just wants to lavish on you. For every person in Jesus Christ, Jesus represented us, and we are in covenant with the king of all kings. His said love and kindness is crowned on you. Do you realize this? This is the greatest news you could ever get. I know Costco's having good specials, and I'm excited about them too. When Pellegrino's on sale, I know. Those things matter. But in the scheme of all things, there's a desperate people in the earth that don't know this is true for them. They don't know that he's in covenant, that he, he will remain loyal to people. Even if it takes some time, he will get his loving kindness. He will find a way to get it to you. It's coming. And he just likes to remind us. That's why the word of God is living and active. That's why today we can read about Mephibosheth and be stirred up in our spirits that if God would do it for him, he'll do it for you. It says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's who we serve. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Why would someone crown a king? So he knows he's king and everyone else knows he's king. That's why God is doing it for you. He's crowning you so you know somebody loves you.
It's like when you're a grandparent and you buy a precious outfit for your new grandbaby. And sometimes it's hard to get it on them. You know, you stick one leg in and then they kick the other leg out. It's hard to crown people to display them to show that they're loved. But when you get that outfit on and they look all cute and put together and you're strolling around with them somewhere, you're just showing somebody loves that baby. A grandparent or somebody loves that baby. It's the same thing with Hesed, with his loving kindness and tender mercies. In closing, Mephibosheth lived many years with a wrong view of the king. Lived many years with a wrong view of the king. When David showed his Hesed because of the covenant, it changed Mephibosheth's life. He was seated then at the king's table, knowing it was nothing that he did to deserve it. But his father was in covenant with King David. And so he was the recipient of the kindness and grace of God. Let me read you that same verse out of Psalm 103. King David wrote this song of praise. With my whole heart, this is the Passion Translation, with my whole heart, with my whole life and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the holy God, Yahweh. You are my soul's celebration. You know when you've been somewhere and God's brought you out? That's me right now. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. You healed me inside out from every disease. Has he healed you this morning? You rescued me from hell and saved my life. You crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life that I can soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. This is available to us this morning. His has said, his loving kindness, his loyalty over you. You know, I was thinking about, um, we're in a vacuum right now. Um, and this is a little side note, but I can do what I want. <laughs> I mean, I'm under authority and I'm submitted to my leaders, but I just do what the Lord says. And <clears throat> It's a very critical nature and tone to our earth right now, right? Criticism is all around. If you're anywhere doing anything, you're going to have a critic, right? You lead or disciple one person, you're going to have a critic, someone telling you. So you can imagine the stuff that, I mean, I get incredible emails. I have hard conversations. I, it's a gamut of things that we face in leadership, privilege and an honor, and nothing's stopping us. So I will not be moved or shaken. It says, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices and my flesh shall rest in hope. So full hope. But as an awareness is that there's a lot of criticism going around. So affirmation. You ever get an encouraging compliment or an affirming word? It's like we're parched for it. We're like, you know, we're taking an affirmation. Like, please. And even our kiddos. So I did this this morning with my little son, Harrison. Um, he was running in and out of the room. And I just spoke something encouraging over. I said, you are so wonderful. And I held his face. And I said, now say it back to me. Harrison is so wonderful. And that's how we are as people, even as adults. God is saying, I want to display, I love you. And you could almost see your heavenly father going, Say it back to him. You love me. You're for me. It's like we're so getting criticized in so many ways and so hard on ourselves. 
But the chesed of God, the loving kindness of God is here this morning. And I feel it's filling you, filling you up. You need to just be filled. You are affirmed this morning. The Bible says gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and medicine to the body. And if you'll spend time in God's presence, he, will, he is the sweetest. He is so sweet when you're in his presence. The things he will tell you and affirm in you, they're gracious words. They're medicine to your soul. Amen. And we get that when we go to give someone a compliment, we get that feeling like, oh, I don't want to puff them up. Someone wrote a, th- a post on their Instagram about, oh, our bosses were here last week. And they, she posted on her Instagram story, Andrea, um, a little post, and it said something like, as soon as I walked onto the campus of the Rock South County, strength and joy met me. At the edge of that property, I could already feel it. She said, and I knew when I was in that place, she's like, that if I didn't have a home church, I see myself there. She said the atmosphere is charged, and she just gave gracious words. And I felt so blessed. I felt so affirmed of God. She wasn't puffing us up. We need more of that. We need more encouragement. Look some people in the eye and bless their face off with some words of life and tell them, You're crowned with loving kindness. That's who God says you are. He's going to get his tender mercies to you. Are you coming up to help me, Russ? Isn't Russ awesome? Love this man of God. We're going to close out here. It's God's loyalty, just like we saw in the story of Mephibosheth. He had to get this love and favor to him. He had this lavish supply in his heart, and he was having to find, is there anyone in Jonathan's family? I'm overflowing to get this love, this said to someone. And sure enough, Mephibosheth, and for you this morning, God's loving kindness wants to flow to you today in grace and favor. Do you have need of his presence? Is there any situations or circumstances where you could just say, God, I need your affirmation this morning, that you're with me, that you're for me and not against me. Another way to describe has said is loyal love. He has loyal love. You know those friends that are just loyal? I have friends like that. Just they're, they're just with you. You know what I mean? That's the kind of love. This is loyal love. Hesed expresses both God's loyalty to his covenant and his love for his people, along with his faithfulness to keep his promises. I pray this morning that you feel the Hesed love of the Heavenly Father blanketing your life today. And if you want to take a minute before him, if there's any... You know, when I say that prayer in the Psalms, I say, God, search me and know me and see if there be anything in me, Lord, that would keep me from hearing you, knowing you or loving you. You know, even if that's unbelief that sometimes creeps into our hearts, God, I haven't seen this. I've been longing for something that I haven't seen manifest, that that, that's the searching and knowing that I say there's some unbelief in my heart for this promise. I'm not seeing it, God, but I know you're faithful. So that's the searching and the knowing. If there's unbelief, if there's any bitterness, just like Mephibosheth, he had to totally shape his frame of reference from one day to the next, from all these years of thinking King David was coming to kill him. And King David shows up to bless his face off, right? 
Sometimes we have that view and it's just clicking into focus. Lord, you're not out to get me. This didn't happen because you're paying me back for that decision. That's not how he operates. That's a lie. That's a lie. David believed a lie. They were feeding, I mean, Mephibosheth believed a lie. It was David. David did this to you. And then he came into that loyal love and that expression and that old way of thinking was gone. We have to shed that way of thinking, amen? In the parable of the talents, they described the, the leader as a hard man, a hard man. And some of us even have times where we view God like that that he's a taskmaster, that he's going to come and repay you for the things you've done, and that's why you're, this is happening to you. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a condemning voice. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It says, as you are in covenant with him, Psalm 103 is a promise over you. He crowns you. How could he be condemning you and crowning you? He would be a liar. It says he crowns you with tender mercies and loving kindness, his has said. Do you receive it this morning? Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just pray, Father, I just know you're doing such a deep work. God, it's like the well is deep of what you're perfecting in people. So I'm praying right now that the depth of this revelation goes deep into the hearts of your people this morning. God, that you would just flow your loving kindness and display your nature and your ways through people, that they would be so touched by the hesed, your loving kindness this morning, that it would even shape the way they speak to other people, God, knowing they're so valued and loved by you, that you will find a way to show your loyalty to your people. You will get it to them. You are relentless to, to display this to your people. So God, we thank you this morning that we're in covenant with you. God, we thank you for the benefits and the promises and the loyal love of you that lavishes our life today. God, we feel strengthened. I feel strengthened by your presence this morning, God. And I know there's an earth, there's a people, there's nations, God, that need to know about your loving kindness, that they could be sleeping like Mephibosheth said, who am I, a dead dog like me, that you would do this for me, David? He literally thought he was a dead dog to be thrown out in a trash heap, to have no one focus on him. And God, you brought him to the table, the king's table. You slept him in the palace from there on out. He became a son, grafted in, God, and you want to do that for so many people. God, use us. Use the Rock South County. We are your signs and wonders. People are asking, God, do signs and wonders. You, full of the said love of God, you're his sign and wonder today to display to the earth how good our God is. We bless you, Lord. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We marvel at your faithfulness and your goodness. Your tender mercies here today for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.
bless the Lord.